Hey, what's up, everyone? It is Drew from the Warrior Workout Network. This is episode 62, Pride in Doing Your Part with Keith Hanshaw. Keith is an Air Force vet. Uh, he runs the Harrisburg Comedy Zone, or he's a manager there. Um, and he absolutely runs a very successful challenge coin TikTok also real life business that we're going to talk about really cool episode uh, i apologize for the audio this week it, it's definitely uh we weren't recording in our normal spots and things just uh you know they, they, we, we had to adjust for this episode but it's all good we had a great time awesome conversation with keith matter of fact tonight i'll be down at his place of business harrisburg comedy club harrisburg comedy zone come out if you're around finally get to go out there and tell some jokes so um i don't think keith will be there all right other than my selfish shit just check out this episode because uh you know keith is actually a wealth of knowledge uh at this point rook will just be getting back from his chicago trip which is awesome we'll have him talk about that in the next episode but until then enjoy Gonna, I, I feel like it's going to be one of these episodes um, where we talk about after, because one of the, the themes that we consider, that we usually like to talk about is getting out of service mm-hmm. and, and what you did after service, because there could be a little nugget of help in there that could that someone could, that may not have considered or like a thought, you know, to help someone through their transition out. Um, okay. And with you, it seems like the work that you do and everything you do, it seems like you're living a life of satisfaction like career satisfaction um and i think that's a major part of mental health especially for someone that came through the military and, and needs to be busy yeah part. um so i feel i just i feel like that's kind of how the episode will kind of roll um and that's how i have my questions geared and i know rook has his questions Okay. So I, I, I like the idea of if we can just roll right from the, you know, the kind of that mentality of running a successful, you know, TikTok, because that is the platform today. That's like, mm-hmm. that's where everything's at. Yep. Um, I, I started, I just really started this in January this past year. And until I started a TikTok account, my perception, I'm 53 year old male. Uh, my perception of TikTok was 15-year-old girls doing inappropriate dances and really had no interest in TikTok, right? I was happy on Facebook still, but, um, you know, Facebook's yesterday, um, Instagram's almost yesterday because of TikTok. And there's so many ways to niche target and find um, your audience on TikTok just with hashtags, everything from mill talk to just hashtag veterans or hashtag PTSD or anything that you want to zero in on from a hashtag standpoint, you can find videos of people talking about that. And, um, you know, I, our product's very visual. I always like, you know, close up photographs, high res photos of our coins and stuff compared to our competitors. And, uh, with TikTok, it's just the same thing. It's just video. You know, it's a 15 second video of a new coin. Um, that's the the downside. Like with the camera not working, I can't like hold up and show you specific <laughs> coins. Um, but sorry, I, I bounced from I bounced from topic to topic too. Just, no, you're good, man. <laughs> well, you're all good. It's, good. it's called flow, man. That's called energy. I like it. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, so it, it's we started out like the end of January, 922 followers. Uh, by the 2nd of February, we had 4,135. By March 1st, we had 6,500. By May 3rd, we had 21,000. And um, this afternoon, uh, I, mean, I think I'm at like 57,300 or something like that. So I don't know why I have 100,000 in my head, you know, is the number that I want to get to, but that's what I'm using to promote and market. Uh, you know, we made the TikTok coin. Um, don't even know if, if TikTok's on board with me using the logo on it. You know, we went out there, I've reached out to TikTok, but it's impossible to get a response from anybody at TikTok other than they'll shut you down for two weeks and tell you you violated the community guidelines, but then not tell you specifically what you did. So you can't do it again, you know? Um, more, li more than likely it was, you know, younger people on TikTok being disgruntled because I didn't pick them or they didn't win a coin or, you know, something like that. But, yeah. you know, they give you the option to appeal, but that's about it. So um, we're just constantly trying to grow the channel. When I, when I go live, I started out playing a game that we call the Challenge Coin Challenge, where I took literally all, each of our coins comes in a, a double um, vinyl pouch that has a printed color insert on one side with just information about Greywater, our logo on the outside, and the insides are contact information. And then there's a coupon in the center if you bring a coin order from another, another competitor. Um, and then the other side is where the coin is. So they neatly fold in half and stack up. So I'll lay out a grid on the table in front of my camera um, and in columns and rows, you know, grid one, two, three, or, or row ABC, column one, two, three. And then I might start out with 20 or 30 coins on the table but half of them are winner winners, TikTok coins or whatever coins I have up on the board that they can win that day. Mm -hmm. um, the TikTok coin, I get probably a thousand direct messages a day on TikTok from people asking, uh, well, not even asking it. It's like, give me a TikTok coin. I want a TikTok coin. It's my birthday. Give me a TikTok coin. I have fill in the blank disease issue. Give me a TikTok coin. Like it's nonstop. Um, <laughs> We've given away probably 200 of them so far around the world, about $3.20 to, to mail a coin somewhere in the U.S. That same coin in the same padded envelope with the same everything in it is $15 to ship internationally. But, you know, TikTok's all over the place. So winners from South Africa and Ireland and Greece and uh, the U.K., Canada, all over the U.S. So it's it's um. It's, it's, it's good for, for, from a business standpoint. I mean, it's all sweat equity, you know, that I'm doing, yeah. uh, you know, you have to stay on top. I'm literally the first thing I do when I get up in the morning, as I'm getting ready for work, we'll just abbreviate it like that. <laughs> I'm on my phone, you know, uploading and editing videos from my factory from the night before of whatever they were painting by hand with syringes or plating or whatever oh. technical detail they're doing on the coins. And I'm, I'm posting, you know, a 15 to 60 second video. Um, wow. One thing I'll share from TikTok from a, a video, shorter's better. If you can, uh, if you create a, a 14 second video uh, and people watch 10 seconds of it, it's good percentage wise, but TikTok looks at that and says, oh, well, if they weren't interested, they didn't watch the whole video. But if you mm -hmm. make a video that is like a 2.8 second loop that just loops that 2.8 or five seconds, whatever the minimum is, that it looks like the same thing. People watch it six, seven, eight times before they realize that's the same thing. 
And to TikTok, it looks like, oh my God, they're watching that eight, nine, 10 times. Um, so it, it's good for, for finding new business. I mean, ultimately as a veteran owned company, you know, I want to find other military units, police departments, fire departments, organizations that, that want to do challenge coins and want to buy them in bulk wholesale from us as the manufacturer, not, you know, hey, can you make one coin for my dad who served uh, in, again, fill in the blank, you know, um, there's a significant cost involved with making a set of dies and doing coins. And, you know, because we're the manufacturer and we're dealing at wholesale prices, just the juice isn't worth the squeeze if it's under a hundred coins, especially if you go to the TikTok channel and you watch any of those videos from the factory, like it's insane how detailed they are. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. We used to, um, you know, there was, there was a time period with challenge coins where, um, like people would just bang on the drum, you know, I want, I want them made in the USA. Well, <laughs> here's the bottom line of it. The coins that everybody looks at and that they see as challenge coins that they know is challenge coins are all made in China or Korea. That's where they're made. You can get coins made in the U S and I have a factory in Ohio that I can have coins made, but guess what? It's going to look more like a currency coin. It's going to be really thin. There's not going to be any real 3d relief. The color, if you want color on it is going to be screen printed on it on the flat surface. And it's, it's not a challenge coin that, that you think of a challenge coin, you know, you can do um, really detailed 3d pieces in the States and make them nice. But again, they're three, four times more expensive than, than the ones overseas. So um, that was kind of a, a learning curve to kind of re just reeducate people from like, I'm, I'm not running through my house you know, I, we're a veteran-owned company. I, we're in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. You know, that's where we operate from. When you're buying from us, you're supporting veterans in the United States. My factory is overseas. But again, look at the products that we're making, and we're we're making the products that people want. So, well, I was going to uh, say, what was your what was your solution to the uh, to the print issue? Because you you don't want those kind of weak almost counterfeit feeling coins. So the solution was an out of country factory? No, there's, there's differences. Um, a lot of my competitors use a metal that's called zinc alloy. It's just a lighter, cheaper metal. And it has, uh, I can here, I can show you sound wise. Let me see if I can find it. Since you don't have video, you'll be able to just hear. I'm gonna drop two coins on my desk here. And I want you to just, just listen to the sound of the difference, okay? We can make this a game. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Okay. Good. Same one again. Okay. Coin number two. Well, oh. That was more solid. That had a thud to it. That didn't ring. That twangy, tingy. And the, the weight difference is it's about a third of the weight mm. of a gray water coin. Our coins are thicker. They're heavier. Um, I, and again, I, I feel like I'm bragging when I say that, but it, it's our customers that, that point out, you know, the difference in our coins and our quality. And that's why people come to Greywater. That's how people find out about Greywater because of the coin designs. Every coin that I design, um, I've been designing challenge coins since 1995. I joined the 193rd Special Operations Wing in 1990. Um, before that, I was in Civil Air Patrol. I was a Boy Scout before that. Um, Civil Air Patrol is what kind of made me want to go in the, in the military. I was a cadet for a bunch of years, froze my ass off, running around the woods, looking for people that 
walked away from state homes and stuff in the woods and we're doing huge search lines froze my ass off oh yeah um other than the the (laughs) whole other story other time but in the desert of nevada the temperature difference from daylight when the sun's out so when the sun drops and you're in the wadis there that's cold um buddy (laughs) yes it is um yeah i just lost my thought again Uh, i mean you're you're talking going to the origins. Oh, good. Yeah. Right, no, I, I mean, you know, you were talking about the origins of, of how you got into the coin thing. And, oh, yeah. And, you know, for, and for, all, for our listeners, we are talking about, you know, Grey Water Ops, the, the coin company that you work for and uh, that you design for. And, uh, you know, coming off of that, um, you know, being a veteran-owned company, obviously – the history and, and the meaning of the challenge coin, you know, is, is you guys are a little bit more invested into what that coin means when it comes off the press. Am I correct? Absolutely. Um, you know, again, I'll, I'll put our coins up against anybody. And I'm not saying we have the best coins out there and, and we're the only people that make good coins. I've seen tons of beautiful coins. I've held tons of beautiful coins that I didn't design. So it's, I'm not, it's not an ego thing. It's a, um, just try, you know, I hate seeing coins that look the same, like have, from a police standpoint, badge on one side, shoulder patch on the other, name of the sh- department on the top, blah, blah. There, nothing makes them stand out. So I try to, to do something or make every, everything about the coin unique. So it's just something that's, that means to them. I mean, a challenge coin has more intrinsic value because of who gave it to you or where you got it or what was going on in your life when you received that coin, more so than any, any numismatic coin is going to have from a a, a monetary standpoint a lot of times i get messages on tiktok and people say uh, you know i'm giving away the tiktok coin they're like well what's it worth i said well i guess it's worth pretty much because you can't buy it anywhere and the only way you can get it is if you win it and i give it to you so um i'd say that's more valuable than a gold coin because you can go online and if you have the money buy a gold coin you know you can't buy something that's awarded to you and that's why challenge coins have so much meaning in the military because every single challenge coin connects you to a memory or an experience that you had while you served good or bad, you know? And yeah, this like, Oh God. No, I mean, I was just going to say, and a lot of people, I mean, you know, I, I, uh, I made uh, some uh, challenge coins for my veteran bagpipe band and um, the guys carry them around everywhere they go. I mean, they yep. always have that challenge coin in their pocket. It's a pride thing. They're, they want to show people, you know, they, hey, look at this. You know, look what I have because it's unique because not everybody that they're showing has one of those unless they're in the same organization, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you've been doing this for 26 years now is my math right? I've been, I've been designing coins since 1995, yeah, whenever that, whatever that works out to number-wise. Oh. All right, stop what you're doing. Go to TikTok and follow Gray Water Ops. G R A Y Water Ops. O P S. Help keep hit that 100K goal. Gray Water Ops on TikTok. Hey, maybe you'll get a, a TikTok coin that you may or may not be allowed to have because of you know user rights and this and that. Hey. Maybe we'll get some cool shit to ensue. Either way, go give them a follow. Security police for seven years, and then I cross-trained into graphics. Um, went to DINFOS, Defense Information School, down at Fort Meade, Maryland. Graduated as an honor grad from military art school, basically. I sat in, in the 
did a pencil portrait of Mike Tyson that took about 40 hours, but I got like a 99 on it, <laughs> you know, wow. just learned to be, be become an artist in the military and came back and started designing coins for um, people in other organizations in my unit. And back then, um, challenge coin companies never put their name on the coins. So you'd get a box of coins, hundred coins, and they'd be in plain either Ziploc poly bags or a folder, <laughs> nothing on it. Right. So when I started my first challenge coin company, um, and we'll, we'll so I'm going to skim right over that with a, a segue that says I had a, a successful challenge coin company that I, that I started. I ended up selling it to my ex-wife and my ex-attorney. And um, they didn't do so well with it. So over the next seven years, I did non-compete, couldn't compete against them. They went out of business. We started up again. Now we're Graywater Ops, but it's still me behind the wheel, basically, um, doing the art designs and everything. So um, I'm sorry, I have ADHD and I get in my mind. I don't, oh, no, I'm you're, you're good, brother. I, don't worry about it. So I, I totally understand where you're at, man. Um, you're talking about becoming an artist. I mean, Fort Meade, that's, that's, that's where I was medically retired out of. Okay. So I know Fort Meade really well. Oh, I love Fort Meade. I love Fort Meade. Does, does uh, you know, with, you, with you getting into art, were you always into art and then you, you got more into it when you were, you know, going to the Air Force stuff? I used, I used to like to, like, just doodle, you know, and, and draw, like, you know, buildings that never stop, like new buildings on, build, on like, you know, expanding photos and stuff like that but like if you wanted uh, a horse on a on a field in a pasture with a barn that's not me <laughs> you yep. want me to mix up colors in my head and pour them all over the canvas that's me and again i if you could see my <laughs> behind me that's yeah I'm, I'm i'm an artist my medium just happens to be challenge coins at this point with yep. how i display my art is kind of how i tell everybody and that's why i circle them back around here to the tiktok coin um my my thought on this is that it's fair use because number one, um, I'm an artist and TikTok's all about artist expression. So what better way for me as an artist on TikTok that makes coins than to make a coin to honor TikTok about my channel on TikTok? So um, and we're giving it away. You can't buy it. We're not selling it, so I'm not profiting from it. Um, mm. But it's it could be a trademark violation. It could be a copyright violation. Um, I've reached out to TikTok people through LinkedIn. Um, through the app, through online, and I'm just too small of a fish for them to even care. Yeah, as long as you're not monetizing and making tons off of it, I think it, you're, you're pretty safe there. Yeah. Yeah. That's but again, I, I could easily sell it and sell a thousand of them probably in a week with the demand for them that I've created. <laughs> and, you, and you've been pretty successful at this. I mean, you, you know, and I mean, I say pretty, very successful at it. I mean, you've minted coins for the president of NASCAR. You've mm -hmm. minted uh, $350,000 worth of coins for Anaheim. 350,000 coins. 350,000 coins. Yep. Operation Thank Iraqi Freedom Coin. And there's a, I've had people on TikTok duet with me and show me the coin that they received in the desert. Um, we, we put them on a, a ship and shipped them to uh, Qatar. And the Air Force took charge of them when the ship got there, offloaded them. And then everybody, as they out-processed to go back home, got a coin. And then nice. as new people rotated in, they got coins. Now I've heard people that got two or three coins because they did multiple deployments. And I've had other people say I was there during that time frame and I didn't get shit. And I believe that too. <laughs> you know, it did it, it, it how stuff rolls downhill. You know, sometimes it makes it down to everybody, sometimes it gets lost in the back of somebody's truck. 
sadly. Dude, when I did my second reenlistment, Sergeant Major Camacho gave me a hug, handed me a coin at the outpost in Afghanistan. I was like, that's all I can give you. Good job, buddy. And I was like, thanks. <laughs> I had a sergeant. Now, again, I was Air Force, but Counter Drug was a joint Army Air program, right? And we had a sergeant major there. Um, sergeant Major Feldman was his name. He's a great guy. But uh, one of my buddies came in. He was working a clean and seal project down in Harrisburg, which is basically when they're using civil engineering people to plywood and seal up drug houses and stuff that are known oh, yeah. like drug areas. So they, they were out doing that, right? Mm. <laughs> and my buddy Dave comes in, Sergeant Major yells, yells for me, and um, I'm editing myself in my head, so I'm not throwing his name out there, but he yells for him. He comes over, he goes, yes, Sergeant Major. And he starts chewing his ass for something. <laughs> and, start, and, and Dave was, I know, Dave, Dave was like, uh, Sergeant Major, that wasn't me, that was Chuck. Sergeant Major looked at him. He's like, I'm not saying you did it. I'm saying I'm blaming you for it. He's like, <laughs> all right, Sergeant Major. And he stood there and proceeded. She was asked for like a good three minutes before he's like, all right, send Chuck over. <laughs> yeah. Watch the Sergeant Major operate in his natural environment. Just stand back and watch him devour. That's how it is, man. It's a nature show. <laughs> the Sergeant Major There's mad respect there for 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 the rank for the the position and for like every i don't think i've ever met a sergeant major or a um chief master sergeant uh, or a senior master sergeant that i didn't like you know that wasn't positive in in a role model standpoint you know no that's awesome that's a great experience then that's a great experience um you know you figure those guys put so much time in you know that uh, at some point you just got to go out and mess with the boys. You know what I mean? You just got to go out and point somebody out and blame them for something that they didn't do. <laughs> their ass and then be like, now send Steve over here. Dude, <laughs> that was the uh, Sergeant Major. I remember it wasn't Sergeant Major actually. It was uh, the, the big bulky dude, Benson. Sergeant Major Benson. I think he found our buddy's nods once, sensitive item out by when we were in Iraq. And you remember that, Rook? And we spent like 12 hours in a hallway tying end-of-line bowlines on, <laughs> on all of our stuff. Yeah. And, like, we had to tie everything down in a hallway for 12 hours because one dude, and it's like that, all down from the Sergeant Major, man. Those guys are evil. Oh, mm. dude. I'll never forget uh, Sergeant, if we're going to save names, Sergeant Major B. Uh, <laughs> yeah. and, and some guy was messing around in radio and uh, – and he was going over to chew this guy's ass. And um, some random dude was walking by and he goes, were you in that radio class? And he goes, no, Sergeant Major. He goes, good, because if, if you were, it'd be your ass. And he, was like, <laughs> and he just got in the push-up position and, and just stayed there until he ran by him. You know, like, like for some people, they may think that's weird, but that's how, how it is. You know, like, and then you laugh about it later. You know what I mean? Like, I almost got killed by Sergeant Major, you know? <laughs> We had, um, when we were counter drug, we had some great officers that were our pilots. There were uh, Huey pilots and um, Captain Sullivan was one of our pilots. Um, famous things that they always said that, you, that stick in your head, like um, taking off is optional, landing is mandatory um, and tail coming left or right, whatever direction it is. I still, if I'm pulling out an intersection and I'm going left, tail's coming to right. You know, just <laughs> in my head. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's it's funny how some things stick with you forever, and and uh, 
you know, you can have a memory just come across, uh, you know, you drinking a cup of coffee and, and, a, and a fun, you know, funny memory or, or one of those random sayings go, you know, just right through your mind. And, and it's weird how it can just kind of hit you right in the middle of the day when you're not even expecting it. it. Just it just comes right through there, you know? Yeah. Can I ask, man, with these coins, you've got to get a real big sense of like pride out of this because it's not just like your artwork because I mean, your artwork is clearly, I mean, the, it speaks for itself with how happy these people are. You, you're offering a solid product with, with, with amazing artwork that, I mean, you can credit back to the military, Fort Meade. I mean, it just. Do you know, what, I'm, I'm sorry. I got, yeah, like we, we, and I feel little things too, again, just for customer satisfaction to keep people happy. Um, I had a, um, I'll just say a Nor. I won't, I won't say a specific branch, but it was a commander coin. New commander just took over, wanted coins. Um, and he ordered a uh, hundred of them, I believe. And there was maybe 20 of them or so that had tiny little specks of paint that weren't polished off, you know, all hundred percent off of it. Um, and, you know, kind of made a big deal about it. And I just, all right, well, we'll remake them for you. But I, and then I said, you know, I'm, I'm happy to remake them if they don't meet your satisfaction because we want our customers to be happy. I don't want anybody feeling that they didn't get what they, they um, ordered. But here's a video of how these are painted by hand. And like the small detail in the crest on his coin are ridiculous with from a stick in the tip of a needle in there for, you know, everything from the a, a compass to just every little area is a different color and they're all painted by hand. So I just, Again, I, I'm not saying that people should accept subpar coins, and I'm not saying that that's the norm, but if you get three or four coins that aren't 100% perfect, maybe take into consideration how much effort and work is really put in to, uh, to making them look and, as great as they look. And give them to the soldiers that give that effort. Be like, all right, that guy sucks. Give him the shit coin. Just get rid of it. <laughs> He, like he's, he's PCSing. We can't give him a unit award because he's had seven Article 15s. <laughs> give him one of these shitty fucking coins and get him out of yep. my goddamn sight. I, yeah, they just probably throw it at him too, you know? That's, it's get out of my sight, fuck face. Yeah. <laughs> Congressional I mean, review. Congressional review. <laughs> what, did it, what did it mean for you? Um, as a veteran, and I, you know, I know this is kind of a loaded question here, but I want people to understand this. What did it mean for you to be able to mint coins for a 9-11 fundraiser? Um, yeah, that, that's my, the 9-11 coin is my favorite coin that we ever minted just because this was before TikTok, before YouTube. I think MySpace might have been around when, when I had that first company, but we were able to generate enough interest. And we went through with the Red Cross and made sure everybody knew that it was legitimate, that it was because there were people standing on corner of the street selling shirts saying they're 9-11 shirts, you know, support. And they were all just bullshit, putting money in their pockets. So we wanted everybody to know up front that, look, this is legitimate. We're a legitimate business. We want to help. And we were able to raise $80,500 from the sale of one coin. Um, I designed a 20-year coin, which the only difference between uh, the 9-11 coin and the 20-year coin is uh, the original one is 1.75 inch shiny silver with 3D detail on both sides, soft enamel and epoxy. The 20 year coin is a two inch coin. I'm going to do it in matte nickel. The design is going to be the same, but on the twin tower side, I'm putting just putting a banner in front of it. This is 20 years. 
to keep it original to the original coin um, without straying too far from that and just signifying that this is a 20 year coin we still remember, you know? Wow. I've had people, I've had kids on TikTok say, what do you mean we remember? Like, and, and like educate them, they, they don't know, you know? And then yeah. that's weird, scary, weird that it's, it's like that long ago, 20 years. It is, man. We were in high school. Rook, Rook and yeah. I were just getting ready to graduate high school and join the military, man. We were, I was, we were doing a drug, a, a drug demand reduction course at uh, a university in, I think it was Columbia, Maryland, the western part of the, the state, like down 81, not towards 80, or 83 to like the ocean. Um, mm. Uh, mm. <laughs> there it goes. I, I, I've got a love-hate relationship with Maryland in some ways. So I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to reckon and then also think about what, what part of the state you're talking about. Which college? Because you got what? You got Morgan? Uh, out that way, or is that north? I don't recall what the name of it was, but it we like we were in the auditorium at this. It was a college, right? Mm. But it was all drug law enforcement officers sitting in the in the audience, right? And um, gentleman named Bill Barry, who's one of our our top um, drug identification experts at the time, was up on stage, you know, going through his his, his stuff, showing stuff, and and I'm standing in the back of the room along the wall. And pagers started going off and it started like a C across the, you know, one pager and then five and then 20. And then like everybody, like it was, it was weird. like, I'm getting goosebumps now. Just think about it. It was so weird to hear them all. Go. And then everybody's like, turn on the news, turn on the news. And then they started flipping the channel. And then that's like where we were when everything happened. And since it was all cops in there, they're all, this course is over. We got to get back, you know? So they're all flying out of there back to their, units um yeah it was it was surreal just how uh, just just kind of flowed like a wave across the the auditorium yep yeah i mean that it was just an eerie day all around because i mean you were in maryland which means like the uh, it was it was nuts i, I mean even people yeah. out, uh, going Toward what Hagerstown, like Camp David, watching like the convoys shoot out like to the to those back roads and shit uh, to the secure bunkers and stuff, and it was just very eerie for a lot of people that day. Man, yeah, it's. Uh, I remember when I was in high school. Uh, just real quick, I, I remember uh, I was walking to my class and I didn't I didn't see the first plane hit, and um, it just so happened the United States Army was actually at my high school recruiting that day. And uh, I, I had this really long, long hallway that went from one end of the school to the other. And that was like the main hall. And we, I'm walking down it. And I just remember seeing people running out of their classrooms, all my buddies, all my, uh, you know, all these guys. And they were just running towards me. And mm -hmm. I was like, what is going on? And they're like, we're all, we're, we're all joining the army. You coming with us. And I'm not talking like one, two, three guys. I'm talking, there was like 30, 40 people running by me. And I was like, I, I didn't know what happened. I was just looking at him like, what is going on? And I walked into my class. And right when I walked into the class, the TV was on. And I, got, I, I saw the second plane hit. And then it all clicked. And, um, and I just remember being like, dude, this is insane. Like, my, like people are running out of the classrooms right now to go join the United States Army. Um, and uh, oh, yeah. it was just a it was a weird, it was a weird feeling just to see an ocean of people 
you know, it's, I guess, I mean, I, I don't, you know, obviously we weren't there, but almost just maybe the reaction from, you know, Pearl Harbor and, and people just going to, you know, local recruiting centers and, and being ready to sign up after the surprise attack from the Japanese. So um, I guess in that, in that manner, we, we have a little something in common with, with that, you know, age gap. Oh, I mean, it's not uncommon. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, are we, I, I, I was going to cut you off, Keith. I apologize. Oh, no, no. I just, I just agree. I, I just was just agreeing with you. Oh, yeah. As I said, it's so, so like not uncommon. Even after, right before the sinking of the Lusitania, the, uh, the Germans hit this vacation spot in, uh, in England and ended up massacring a bunch of civilians there and like a quarter of england enlisted after that a quarter of the yep. island mm. so it's 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 crazy to think about the uh what one great tragedy can inspire yeah, the, so many to do yep yep well, it's uh it's incredible that you know people who never had uh maybe even had that thought next thing you know you just see this this huge push of, uh, if you want to, call, you know, valor in a way, you know, everyone feels like they have something to defend and, and, um, you know, here comes this huge push of, of people ready to, to serve or defend or whatever. And maybe they weren't even thinking about it in that, in that matter. And I think it's coming from veterans, you know, from, you know, different branches too. I mean, you know, the one thing we all have in common is, is our, is our, um, desire to serve and, and, and help others and, and fight for those who can't fight and, and, and things like that. So it's, uh, you know, it's, it's not, Valor's not uncommon in the, in the company that we keep. No, no, Keith. Uh, well, that, that kind of brings me to my point because, um, now you were in ROTC civil air patrol and then joined the, the air force air force. It was correct. Uh, yes, I, I start. Well, no, no, Air National Guard, 193rd Special Operations Wing in Middletown, Pennsylvania, Air National Guard unit. Um, I started there actually as a contract guard working uh, just as an armed contract guard with security police. Like I'd work the front gate or I'd go mm -hmm. sit on an aircraft or do a patrol. Um, and that's what kind of got me interested in joining the unit because I made friends with all the cops that work there. And, and awesome. you know, they're always recruiting, always need people. So I joined um, 1990, went to basic and tech school right away, early 1991, graduated as an Air Force instructor, CADM, combat arms. Um, one of the only career fields of the Air Force right out of tech school, you're an instructor. <laughs> I was going to say, that's a pretty direct path, man. To yep. But I still, I mean, it still was an airman, airman first class, senior airman. I was still bottom of the pole working my way up, you know. Yeah, I, the, you know, there's uh, there's very few jobs you even see that in the uh, the army. Like one of the big ones, what we'd notice when you do that was medics. Mm. When medics get out of training, dude, they are just like <laughs> it's like they they're these gurus that are ready, like and very good at training us. And then you go to the field with us, and they're like, well, I'm like I'm really good at mopping floors. I can get to the kid <laughs> <up> to my <laughs> I can clean the fuck out of that 240. <laughs> uh but like it, it was crazy so the idea of going like right from school to instructor um was that a was that a jarring experience or were you already kind of okay with the idea of being like having to present information you know professionally in front of people 
Um, I remember the, I was, I was nervous at first, you know, learning how to stand up in front of 50 other people in my, in my training class yeah. and have to give a 15 minute speech on fill in the blank. Right. Um, but what I learned after that first speech was, you know, that we, we go through and critique how the speech went and we're about to get it. It doesn't matter what the topic is. It's your presentation and, and how, whatever. So, uh, we go through that. And at the end of my speech, he says, you said, um, 187 times or something like that because people naturally when they hear silence they get nervous and they want to fill that silence with something so they do um uh uh you know or it's just little gaps like so now you find yourself hearing other people do that all the time too Mm -hmm. but once you do that it's easy to stop because you just you, you catch yourself it's like a like a like a door like hitting a wall every time you do it now, because it clicks in your head. Like, oh, I just said it, you know? Um, but that was nerve wracking and, and having to, to learn. I mean, I liked weapons. I was, I was good with weapons and I qualified. Um, but to learn them inside and out, you know, uh, was a little daunting. And then to be responsible for training everybody on the base, making sure everybody qualifies and um, specialized courses for different career fields. Um, and that kind of just worked hand in hand with security police, just because it was all part of security police. So, absolutely, man, wow, and that's man. pretty cool that that's you could cool. just like it, go, like it, it, that you could like go there, work, and then be like, "Wow, that's pretty neat. I'll join the unit." Then be able to have the opportunity to go to basic tech school. Well, but to be able to get an AGR job there and work full time yeah. base, like I still had to go to drill, but I worked there Monday through Friday, either morning, mid or, or night shift. You know, we had three shifts and we rotated um, like regular, regular bases do. Always had a pissing contest with the airport cops at the other end of the airport, too, because like, oh, you guys aren't real cops, you're Air Force cops, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, wait a second. Our jurisdiction is every single Air Force base around the world. Your jurisdiction is fill in the blank. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You gotta love the rivalry, right? Oh yeah. 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 I never, you know, never really had any animosity rivalry between anybody in the service other than I remember when I was in basic training, um, law enforcement, security all go to Lackland, no matter what branch you are. Right. So I'd walk, you know, I'd walk by you in the street. Hey, how you doing? You know, polite talk, whatever. Not the Marines. <laughs> Marines like fuck you. Drive you know, to walk by like they ignore you like you're a, you're like you're a piece of crap. You know, like and then just just like that right out the gate. <laughs> yep. Whoa. Some traditions haven't changed. <laughs> yeah. There's some things that will never change, and that's that's one of them about the Marine Corps. <laughs> and their acceptance to understand where their paychecks come from, <laughs> or at least admit it wasn't even about a paycheck at that point because it was so little. You know, it was just about yeah. doing something that you wanted to do and being able to travel. Like every deployment that I went on, you know, I volunteered, and every everybody in my unit always volunteered. It was always, you know, yammering and, and begging who got to go on the next deployment. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm thankful because in 14 years that I was in, never had a bullet fired at me. So, you know, I, I, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, and how, you know, I mean, dude, that's not, you know, it, it, we, we hear that all the time, you know, a lot, a lot of times it's like, well, I never got shot at or I got <laughs> this, 
thing is, is, I mean, you, you, you think about all the people you trained and the job that you did inside, you know, with what you were doing. And, um, you know, I mean, this, this is all part of the same mission, brother. It's just, you know, something, you know, it, that's really what it is. It's, we're all part of the same mission. I'm sure, yeah, but, I'm sure you guys all had deployment lines too, like we did. Like you get in a deployment line and you're standing in it forever, getting shots updated or this updated or get this or get that or here, take this, issue this, take that. Yeah. You know, and like I do have that joke where sometimes I say that like some days bullets are better than bad commanders. Like <laughs> because I've I've had I've had shitty commanders and I've been in terrible command that have made me be like, damn, I fucking miss the I miss like the units I miss like good people and if that involves you know going back overseas then I miss that because that's better than being here so like I never discount that like I hate like there's always I don't know man I, I just I, I hate when people like sell their service short because they didn't do like a deployment man that's so like you guys did awesome shit man you guys did, you but guys you know probably, what, like tactically like or like technically proficiently better than we are at so much more shit. But let me, oh, yeah. let, me, let, me let me say something from like, here's something that's humbling to me, you know, for like some of these coins that we do. Yeah. Um, and it's from the, the I'm, I won't read the name of the unit that's on this coin, but I'll read the, the punch list on the back here, all right? 732 captured HVTs, zero combat losses, 2,341 OIF combat missions, 3,615, uh, I'm sorry, three, uh, sorry, it's getting really small font-wise, five distinguished flying crosses, 15 bronze stars, 120 single action air medals with valor, 1,447 strike flight award air medals. And like, you got my DD214? I'm, <laughs> I'm humbled, you know, to be able to, to make a coin for this organization, you know, yep. just, you know, we've done coins for SEAL Team 10 for fundraisers for the uh, Warfighter Foundation. Um, there was when I, I used to live down in Ocean City, Maryland for three year period. And, you know, we did a lot of fundraisers. Um, there's with some Facebook groups that have maybe 50 or 60,000 Air Force cops that are members of it. And we've done fundraisers like every year for them. I think we collectively raised 16 grand for Gary Sneeze Foundation from a coin that we made for that unit spe or organization specifically. And we sold it with the intent that, you know, out of the $20 coin price, $10 from every coin sale is going to go to whatever fundraiser that, that, they're, that they picked. Um, we've done that. We've done that for the Air Force Security Forces Museum. Um, Marsoc Foundation, we've done stuff for them. Um, it's just, yeah, it's humbling to be able to do something that means something from um, a value that you can't place on it with a, a monetary dollar, you know? Um, Absolutely. Like I said, every, every coin has meaning to the veteran that, that has it or the police officer that has it or the first responder or whoever, if it's a civilian that, that somebody, a police officer gave a coin to because they helped them, you know, that's going to yep. mean something to that, that individual, you know, um, kids love them too, because they're, they're, they're unique. You, they're not something that you just go out and, I mean, you can, you can go out and buy whatever off of, of eBay, but I would argue the ones that you earn or that you get for specific things that you're related to 
have far more meaning than any that you're going to buy off of eBay or, or on a website. Absolutely. Yep. That's, that's a big thing. You know, we, uh, when I got into bagpiping um, and with the veteran group, you know, we started, I didn't get into bagpiping to really play in front of people. And then, um, you know, we started doing Memorial days and we started doing veterans days and we started doing, you know, um, funerals, unfortunately, um, nine 11 ceremonies. And, um, you know, when we had that coin, uh, you know, when someone loses a family member, um, to have that coin from the bagpiping group, uh, to walk up to, you know, to a family member and say, you know, we, we were honored to be here today to, you know, send, send so-and-so off, um, with respect and honor in the old ways and the old traditions. And, and this is from us to you for their sacrifice and for the country and for your family's loss. I mean, they have that for the rest of their lives. They'll have that. Absolutely. Coin. Yep. And, and, you know, I mean, we, we all understand the folded flag thing. Um, but, you know, there's also something to be said that you can have something in your pocket that if you lost your son or you lost your dad, um, you can have something in your pocket that when you pull it out, you know, the memory of them or they are there with you, um, you know, while you're holding on to that and, and having memories of them. Yep. I've always, since I've been designing coins, I've always used a coin as my business card for the radio. So um, the 30 second version, my day job is with Cumulus Media. I'm a media consultant. I'm a senior media consultant for the Harrisburg area. Uh, we have 423 radio stations across 83 markets and digital. I can build a digital campaign to target whoever you want to target. I can target, I can put geofence, invisible boundaries around your competitors' businesses. And when their customers go inside those walls, we can capture smartphone IDs, which are like fingerprints, put them on a list. And then over the next 30 days, slowly drip your ad in front of these people up to three times a day on Ooh. websites that they're already visiting. If you open up your website and start browsing through a website, you know that there's certain areas on a web page. Oh, that's an ad, right? Mm -hmm. Well, those ad spots are just the spots that we use to put the, the ad in front of whoever our target is, right? doesn't matter if, if it's an employment ad. If you're looking for employees or you're looking for customers in the door, um, people buy for two reasons, right? They need it or they want it. And what creates needs and wants? Well, triggering events in our lives create needs and wants. Here's an example. You walk outside when we're done here, you have a flat tire. You don't wake up this morning going, shit, where can I get a tire, right? But yep. a triggering event happened in your life that caused a need. Uh, so now you're going to think, where am I going to get tire fixed? Who am I going to take it to? What am I going to do, right? You think about what you're going to do and then you act on whatever you, you decide. You, the decision to buy takes place in the mind. So the main reason to advertise is to become the brand or the business that, that people think of first and feel best about when a triggering event in their life causes a need or a want for whatever the product or service is that you're selling. So people have got flat tires this week. People are going to get flat tires next week and next mm -hmm. month and next year. There's always going to be new people getting flat tires. So from a, an advertising standpoint, it doesn't matter what advertising you're doing. If you have these four keys, it'll be successful. Reach, meaning you have to reach enough people. Frequency, they have to hear that message over and over. You hear a radio commercial or you see a TV commercial, you don't throw your shit in the floor and jump in your car and drive there, right? It's, it has to kind of sit with you for a while and get, first of all, are you interested in it? But you have to hear it a bunch of times. So frequency, you have to hear it frequently. Consistency, because people are always in different buying cycles, they might not need whatever you're selling this week, but maybe next week they will. So again, because people are always in different buying cycles, you should continually 
be advertising. And then the message, if your message, uh, if you're a, a company that does oil changes and your message is, hey, we're doing oil changes and they're $950. Well, you can have all the reach you want. You can have it playing 20 times a day, every day for a year. Nobody's coming to spend $950 for an oil change because your message sucks, right? So no matter what advertising you're doing, whether it's radio, TV, um, print, billboards, outdoor, digital, um, yeah, focus on those four keys and it'll be successful. So that's what I do during the day. And then evening, I design coins. And then throughout the day, I filter everything else in between um, email. TikTok's its own monster too, because it creates um, followers and creates new orders. We, we've gotten seven orders so far out of TikTok contacts, um, wow. whether patch orders, coin orders. And yeah, but like for every time I do a giveaway, I'm giving away coins. Well, I have an auto bot set up on my website that people can go to my main page in the bottom right corner is a little cartoon emoji in my head. They can click on that, a chat box opens. And one of the options in the chat box is that they want a coin on TikTok. If they select that option, they'll gather their name, their shipping address, where I'm supposed to ship the coin and their username. So sadly, I can validate that they're really them because I've had people try to cheat and claim they were different people. I'd get three or four entries for the same person that won with different addresses, different phone numbers, different emails. Um, so that just creates extra work for me too, to filter through all that BS. And then the, the snot nosed kids, I'll call them that, that are just like, give me a coin. I want a coin. Give me a TikTok coin. <laughs> Dear God. <laughs> Dear God, <laughs> there's not enough listen, world for that, man. It, 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 I, I keep busy and it keeps my mind occupied and I don't sit and, uh, well, I, I shouldn't say I don't. I do, I do obsess about a lot of stuff, but I mean, I just, I keep focused and the focus I think just helps keep me moving forward and on track and okay, trying well, to. How, how in the world with all of that busy work between, you know, Greywater Ops, the coin company, between Cumulus Media, and all of this busy work that you do, and that you're constantly working, working, working. Why is my then, girlfriend still with me, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's that too. But I mean, how do you how do you totally flip that pancake and then also go into running, you know, the Harrisburg Comedy Zone, man? I mean, you're you are literally like it is like moving frying pans around and cooking constantly with you from a from an entrepreneur standpoint or an adhd standpoint or whatever i have a million plates up in the air spinning on sticks right and i'm i'm spinning them all i'm keep spinning them and you know i got the tiktok plate and i got and i got i have facebook and instagram and all that stuff too that i'm sharing stuff too and linkedin and i'm doing zoom meetings with clients for for radio stuff you know Mm -hmm. um, I have clients spending as little as $600 a month on a regular monthly advertising plan. And I have clients spending over $30,000 a month on five different radio stations, you know? Um, so it, that's uh, its own full-time job, literally. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I don't know. I just, I just, I do. The, com the comedy zone is kind of my sanity at the end of the week, I think. You know, everybody deals with shit during the week. And yeah. we all have struggles and that nobody knows about. And um, I try to practice what I pe preach to all of my customers. And I say, look, when you come to the comedy zone and you get out of your car in the parking lot, I want you to make a conscious effort that when you're locking the door and shutting the door, that you're just locking all that angst and anxiety and stress from all week in the car, lock it in there for 90 minutes and give yourself 90 minutes to just 
take a deep breath and and try to laugh and, and enjoy the moment, you know, one step at a time. And um, I do like, again, I, I do a lot every day and it's a struggle. And, you know, I, I, I do, I, I butt heads because I'm always working, you know, I can't just go on a vacation and not check email because I, I mean, I, 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 if I do, I'm going to have three times as much work the first week that I come back. You know, I didn't know that. So and I have to find that moderation between, yeah, well, yeah, I think we're way past the burnout point. I think you just kind of keep going, keep plugging at it um, and hoping for the best. You know, we're, we're doing good business wise, but again, it's a struggle because I'm the one doing all the art. Um, but that's what makes us unique too, I think. Again, not patting myself on the back, but I think our designs set us apart from the competition. And I have that pressure, like, okay, I'm, I'm doing custom design. Every single coin is a custom design for somebody, right? Um, mm -hmm. And then the Comedy Zone comes and I just, you know, take the weekend and kind of laugh and relax. Um, I literally just for the first time in four years had somebody come in and cover for me, um, not this past weekend, but the weekend before, um, just so I could could go into the woods and go four-wheeling. Like first time that we went and did that in like four years. Now we've gone and, and gone on vacation um, before, but yeah, from like a day-to-day -day work basis. And then COVID didn't help either because COVID shut everything down. And then when COVID opened back up, normally our season goes from September through the end of May. And then we're dark all summer because people mm -hmm. are outside doing outside things in the summer. They're not thinking about sitting in a, in a room watching comedy as much, you know, and it's, it doesn't get dark as early. So it's still light outside when you're doing the show and it's just kind of changes the whole vibe of it. Um, but we're, because of the COVID shutdown, we're staying open all summer now. Uh, yeah. And it's been okay so far, not, not near as many big crowds, but um, yeah. How, how has it been for you, uh, you know, coming through COVID uh, and everything being shut down to finally being able to open the doors and to, you know, have live comedy shows and have that energy again? Um, well, I hated the COVID shutdown the first probably three months um, mm -hmm. because, again, I'm, I'm a 100% commissioned salesperson at Cumulus and mm -hmm. everybody was screeching halt. You know, those big accounts, they're screeching to nothing because okay. nobody was open. Nobody was selling anything. Um, and that kind of hurt for like three months. Um, but then I kind of, you know, got into the groove of it. I was working at my dining room table, uh, wasn't the most comfortable thing. And then I, at one point just decided my living room now became my office <laughs> and I don't have a living room now. It's my entire office. Yeah. Um, but I have a big desk. I have a nice chair. It's more comfortable and I'm in the right mindset, I think to, to do this because if, especially if you're a commission salesperson, if you're not out looking for new business, you're not making any money because you just have attrition over time where people just stop spending or they go out of business or whatever. And you have mm -hmm. to constantly, you know, you're filling that funnel like any sales funnel. Um, yeah. But so then, and then now, now, now they're talking about, Oh, Hey, you know, now that everybody got vaccinated, which that's a whole other argument that I'm just, I feel totally I'm anti the vaccine. I went and got it, but I got it. I feel under peer pressure. Mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> Uh, actually had well, to upload stuff to the company to verify that I got my vaccine card. I'm like, this is clearly a HIPAA violation, right? Nope, it's not a HIPAA violation. <laughs> well, clearly, I mean, you're asking for personal medical records. Is that, you know, yeah. so now I'm, I'm, I'm going down my, my um, 
cranky paranoid side where like, I don't want to do this, you know? So I uploaded all my shit, but I, I documented when I uploaded that I'm doing this under duress. Uh, mm -hmm. I feel that my job depends on the fact that if I don't get this vaccine, that, you know, the state that I live in is an at will state and they employ me voluntarily. Uh, and I, I work for them voluntarily too. So just feeling that like, I'm like, all right, I go get it. Went and got it, but wasn't happy about it. Um, but with, but like you said, with the, with the vaccine coming through, I mean, has that, have you seen? Oh yeah. Now they want to go back to the office. I mean, things like that. I mean, how has that affected you? Yeah, I've, I've do, I do almost all my meetings on zoom. Ironically, like I said, it's, okay. it's odd that I have a, a camera issue tonight because I'm on zoom every day. Yeah. Um, everything from our office meetings, which are Monday morning at eight o'clock for an hour on zoom with everybody from the office on zoom. We've been doing that for a year, year and a half now. So now that they want to open up the office, I'm like, I've, I've proved over the last 15 months or however long that I can work successfully from home. I don't need to come into the office. And then, yep. you know, well, we may still have uh, meetings at the office that you have to come in for. I'm like, why? I can just zoom in. <laughs> well, did, did, that, <laughs> did that time, like you said, you know, we, I mean, there's a lot of downtime for all of us. I mean, what, what was your... I guess your creative altitude on that with being able to, to sit down and what, did you have like a create, like a creative boom? Like, um, I, well, I, I actually, I, I, I did. I, I painted a lot. I do um, abstract liquid pour painting, mm -hmm. um, which I'm literally taking acrylic paint, mixing it with flow troll and, and water and literally pouring it on canvases and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but I did that. I did a, a kitchen remodel during the, during the uh, COVID shutdown because I started cooking more, right? And yeah. I wanted to cook better. So I wanted a gas stove. I had a, a, a glass top stove, wanted a gas stove. Well, didn't have natural gas in my area. So I had to have propane tanks installed and lines run for that. Uh -huh. um, but that was all a project to keep me busy during, you know, but I remember the first time we started taking walks around the neighborhood when you were allowed to go outside. And it was like you were a five-year-old at the grocery store for the first time. Every person that you walked by, you're like, hi, hi, <laughs> you know, hi. Yeah. Look, honey, there's people there. <laughs> yeah, you, you were you were saying that uh, getting up on stage uh, gives you, you know, gives you that energy and stuff like that. It's, it's, it's um, and I don't mean physically, like, again, I'm, I'm a behind-the-camera kind of guy. Like, all my videos are of my coins, not necessarily of me. Some of them are me if I'm talking or, um, <laughs> like, I, I did a... I did a video the other day of a, a three card money trick. It shows a red, a red diamond, a blue diamond. And you're, you're talking a story about how you got hustled out of seven bucks and guy gives you a chance to win your money back. And at the end, he goes, all you have to do is tell me what color that third card is. You win all your money back. If not, you owe me double. You start out by seeing two blue cards and a red card. Right? So I said, okay, at this point I know I'm being hustled. So I looked him right in the eye. I said, that's a red card. And when they flip it over, it's a dollar sign. He goes, no, you owe me 14 bucks. So I, I posted this, right? And some, some guy left this, left this comment, something about um, that's very, very low par or whatever. That's an old trick, very low par or something like that. Yeah. I went and looked at him. He had, I think, 24 followers and his biggest video uh, might have had 300 views. So um, Bulletproof <laughs> Dad, one of the, another one of my friends on TikTok, pointed out, he's like, yeah, well, clearly this guy is not the expert on um, smashing posts, you know, if he can't break 300 but just you know you put up with crap like that uh just occupy your time and do something to stay busy and keep active um don't shut down um 
I mean, with with and with fifty seven thousand followers on TikTok right now, mm-hmm. how do you handle the negative crap that? I mean, you're getting a lot of positive, but you know those negative comments. How do you how do you navigate that? I don't usually get negative. Well, on on comment on like on videos, sometimes I will. Yeah, but it's more people like I want a TikTok coin or they're griping because they didn't win a TikTok coin. Um, which again, I think is, is funny all in itself. Yeah. Um, but I either, if they're, if they're being too much of a nuisance, I'll just block them or let unfollow them from me and then block them. Um, I typically do that. If, if people are being rude, like I usually do Friday nights, um, I'll live stream the comedy show from the comedy zone. And because I manage the comedy zone, I can take this nice gimbal and put my iPhone, like, you know, second row center, great sound, great video and broadcast a 90 minute show. And that's yeah. something that Greywater Ops, it's, you know, it's brought to you by Greywater Ops because I'm the one doing it. Um, but it's a, I tell everybody there, I said, look, you might not be able to come to the comedy zone because you're not local and spend $20 like everybody in the, in the audience paid to get in here. But no matter where you are, you know, same, same principle applies. Forget about all the crap you've had to deal with and just give yourself 90 minutes to enjoy it and have fun, you know? If you're gonna sit yeah. and look and ah, this this guy's not funny or that was stupid or you know stuff like that, like I'll I'll, I'll just block them right away because I just don't want the negativity on the on the channel. Um, try to be optimistic. Try to be helpful. Um, always listen to what other people are saying. You know that's so important. Um, if you're talking to somebody, don't have your cell phone in your hand doing something on your cell phone, you know, make eye contact with people and listen to them when they're saying something to you and hear them when they're telling you, like I said, you know, um, every once in a while, we'll get somebody that'll, that'll want us to remake some coins because they weren't perfect. And we usually just do it. And it's just a cost of doing business. And we accept that because we want our customers to go, Oh, you know what? We had 10 that were shitty and they remade them. You know, as opposed to going, well, there's a 10% over under. And, you know, as long as you get 90 out of the 100 that you order, that's considered, a, you know, that kind of bullshit. Um, but just keep people happy. We have a, a coin that has a patent on it. Um, and it's an NFC embedded coin that I developed in 2012. And we manufacture it. We own the patent. We're the patent holder of it. But we license it. And we have just did a coin for Dogecoin as a cryptocurrency wallet. Um, we're doing a second coin for them. And I just got an email again through TikTok from somebody from when we were live streaming earlier today that's interested in doing um, something with blockchain. I don't, I don't know anything about blockchain or cryptocurrency or how you use an NFC chip as a cryptocurrency wallet. I just know that our coins are patented to be able to put that chip inside the coin in a custom coin wow. and have whatever the design is. Um, so... Yeah, they, they, I mean, they can use the coins. You can touch the coins with your phone and it will launch a web page. Or you touch your phone to the coin and it pops up on your screen. Would you like to add this information to your contacts? You hit yes. And it, it just transfers your, your name, your phone number, your email address, your website, maybe a little photo of you or whatever data you want to transfer so people don't have to sit and type in your contact information when they add you to their phone. Um, you can do that. You could do a... a a hidden a pop-up party somewhere where you save a Google map pin location on the mm-hmm. NFC chip. And then the only way you know where the party is, is if your phone can get to one of those coins and touch, uh, you know, get the NFC coordinates uh, or the, the Google coordinates off the NFC chip. That also, is awesome. 
working something new with um, same same concept, but a, a challenge coin with an RFID chip um, in it, which again, I don't know anything about the technology or programming at all, but I know RFID chips are uh, a longer frequency and you can track them and you can do things with them. And you can maybe do like a geo geocaching event where people had to find oh. them by finding the RFID, you know, based on where you were geographically. Um, so exploring some options with, with that kind of stuff. That is so cool, man. The, the creativity that you can use or, or, you know, with that, I mean, the fact that you can put a, a, a a location on a chip in that coin, they can scan it with their phone. And then the only re the only way that they can get there is if they had that coin to be able to scan it like that. Yep. That is so cool. That is like, or a friend had it and then, you know, let all their friends scan it. People they invited to the party by letting them scan their coin, you know, give out maybe 20 coins and say, you're each allowed to invite 20 people or 10 people or whatever, fill yeah. in the blank with whatever, whatever fun you want to have. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's, that's all new stuff that's you know always thinking my mind's always thinking of you know i'd like to get to the point where i'm not designing coins every day and somebody else is doing this and i'm just making money i mean that's kind of where we're supposed to get to right yeah yeah <laughs> right yeah. now yeah we're still still spinning the hamster wheel well, yeah you said it earlier sweat equity yeah that's a it's a valuable term that i don't think a lot of people learn or respect enough is like <laughs> what it takes to, to get to a point. That's why I love when people say like, oh, that dude just like peered out of nowhere and he just like popped out of nowhere. And it's like, nah, dude, that was years of work. He's been work yep. He's been struggling, knocking on doors and yep. yep. Mm -hmm. I always say, you know, one of the, one of the courses that I was fortunate enough to teach um, at NCTC was the night photo surveillance course. So when law enforcement actually did photo surveillances with black and white film and cameras, like we taught that class. So that was a cool thing to, to be able to be involved with. Um, yeah. No idea where I was going with that when I started thinking of it, but um, what did you say leading into that? Cause it was something that made me think of that. We were talking about sweat equity and, and all the work that goes in behind the, you know, somebody's achievement or, or uh, Drew was saying, you know, someone popped up being successful. There's a lot of things you get to do to get there oh, years yeah, yeah yeah behind the scenes stuff that you're always doing like every day is a grind to you know to do mm -hmm. something new and again every day for me on tiktok is trying to grow our channel trying to get to a hundred thousand um i went live for maybe an hour to today and picked up another 150 followers but i have 15 coins up on my board that i'm going to give away as a coin cash of 15 coins but i'm trying to figure out how to do the tiktok challenge that actually gets a blue check verified TikTok user, which are the people with all the big numbers in their accounts, to get one of them to promote Greywater Ops and the TikTok Challenge Coin. Mm -hmm. um, and then if they tag us in it and it helps us get to 100,000 followers, then you know whoever helped us do that is going to get this cache of 12 different Challenge Coins. Um, Damn. But yeah, to just keep busy, keep doing something. Uh, always have multiple irons in the fire. Yeah, uh, don't rely on on any one particular item at all. Like I, I got out of of this, the military after 14 years, didn't complete till retirement because my coin company was doing so well. And again, I had cross trained out of security police, which was a critical career field. So I went from, <coughs> excuse me, 
I went from, you know, volunteering to every deployment that I went on the first seven years of my deployment to still going on deployments. But now I'm, I mean, I'm an artist. I'm going, I'm videotaping a deployment or I'm historically documenting the, the de employment. Um, I went to Ramstein Air, uh, Air Base in Germany for 30 days one time. And we had so many people from our unit that were there. And I don't know what was going on in the world at the time, you know, wherever something was going on, we were close by to uh, Air Force Base, uh, the 193rd is EC-130s, electronic and psychological warfares. Uh, we fire electrons, not bullets. Um, yep. But uh, so we were there, we were at this hotel and we're like we rented out the entire place. It was on two sides of the street. It was in K-Town, if you've ever been there. Um, the And it sits right across the street from another pub. But there was a, like, I was DJing in this club that the 193rd was in for like 30 days. Like that, that's, that was a great deployment, you know. Yeah. I had a I had a hotel room that I was staying in that had like a feather bed. It was comfortable. <laughs> it was safe. Um, nice. Everybody was done work at like whatever time, and you know they'd come back and you know everybody be in the club drinking. And because it was all people from our unit, they kind of let us run the place. So we started DJing. Started yeah. Playing music in Germany at a club for like thirty days on a deployment. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> That's a hell of a deployment, man. Where do I sign up for yep. that? And uh, my my wife at the time uh, went into labor while I was on the deployment, and my transportation officer got me a flight and got me home before my son was born. So that I mean that was like wow. uh, like that was a big shocker. You know, like yeah. wait a second, you you can get me home in time in time. <laughs> got to go now. You got to wow. go now. You know, and like, wow. Was that like so, late nineties? What's that? Was that like late nineties? It was. Um, it would have. Well, it would have been after ninety seven because I was in security police up until then. It was probably ninety ninety eight or ninety nine, maybe. That sounds like a ninety eight ninety nine story when they were lugging. Well, I mean, like, because that's when they were lugging people back to from Kosovo all the time because, like, so, like, yeah, those were like, man, my kids are coming. It's like so. It's like it. It was weird that like there's. I don't know, man. I don't know why that feels very familiar. Pretty <laughs> cool. Um, man, so, I mean, you, you've got the 100K goal on TikTok. Um, you, yeah, I don't you know. know. Again, I don't know what I'm, it'll be, it'll be a half a million once we get to 100,000, I'm sure. I like that. Um, but it's, it's because it's, it's a numbers game. I know everything's a numbers game. I got to get in front of so many people. And again, just like I'm preaching to my clients about reach and frequency, I'm getting reach and frequency right now on TikTok through my videos, you know, um, even if it's, if I, if I pay to promote a video and it gets half a million views, that's still half a million views and a half a million people that find out about Greywater Ops. Um, oh, no, I really? have a, like a, like a routine, like a, um, oh, what's the phrase I'm thinking of? Like a like an infomercial script that starts playing in my mind whenever I'm doing a live, you know, cause I'm always watching how many people are in the room. Um, and as new people come in, I'm like, Hey, if you're joining us for the first time, and then I'm using my finger on the camera side, pointing to where the plus is, make sure you hit that plus right there and follow us. Uh, if, cause if you, if you're here for the TikTok coin, that's the only way you can get it. You know, it's, it's only available to our followers. Uh, you can't buy it anywhere. Uh, and then, you know, you should tell about whatever the game is that we're playing. Like I've, I used to do the, I said the stacks thing, but the problem with that or the inherent issue is that even if I have 20 coins laying out in front of me and half of them, 50% are winners, 
I'm still only picking 20 people to let them guess. And only 10 of those 20 people are going to win something. So that leaves 800 people or however many other people are in the room that can get disgruntled and pissed off because I didn't call them or I didn't, I didn't pick sure. their name or I picked them, but they, they didn't win, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I kind of segued from that to starting doing, uh, taking post-it notes and I, I'll write on the back of a post-it note, a four digit number on one, uh, a song on another one, a TV show on another one and a movie on the other one. And then I'll flip them over so you can't see it. And then I'll with a Sharpie, you write four digit number, song, blah, blah, blah. And I'll pin them up on my monitor and then people come in and then they start guessing. And the first person to guess the four digit number gets a TikTok coin or the first person to guess the song that I'm thinking of. And I'm watching, you know, things just scroll by. Like It's a chore to make sure you're not missing it, right? Because you want to make sure you get the right person that, that gets it first. Yeah. Um, but we've done them like that. And that seems to be a lot more popular because more people can interact and play along at a, at a time than, you know, just 20 and then 10 winners. So I'm still... Uh, I'm giving out less coins. If I do that for three different things, I can easily go an hour or two with a four digit number. Cause if nobody's guessing that I just start doing clues like, okay, there are no nines in the number five minutes later, there are no eights five minutes later, there are no fives five minutes later, the, uh, there's a seven in the number. I just random. I keep kind of zeroing down until somebody guesses it. And then that person wins. They contact me through my website and I send them a coin. Yeah. <coughs> Well, I mean, you keep you keep it you keep it moving, man. You keep people engaged <clears throat> into your advertisement. You know, I try, I try every day. <laughs> it's, just, it's all you can do is try. You know, yeah. Um, and the biggest, it's just, yeah, but like it, you're the trying. But you're what I did was that Anheuser Busch coin for three hundred fifty thousand coins. But that wow. was literally a once in a career order. At this point, you know, I don't have. It'd be great to have one of those orders a year. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, that was a one-time thing. Now the average coin order is anywhere from 100 to 1,000 coins yeah. for any, any given organization. Mm -hmm. How long does it take for uh, you to actually, you know, when someone gives you a design uh, that, they may, that they may have in mind or they want you to design something for them, how long does it take from, you know, this is, this is what we need to the design itself to, you know, the, the minting process and then coming, you know, coins in their pocket by yeah, so, so from um, um, an artwork standpoint, from the time I get initial email, usually it's somebody saying, hey, how much would it cost to do this, this, and this? Mm -hmm. um, I've streamlined that to a Word file that literally has all my canned responses for the most common things, like how much is a 1.75 inch coin order? Well, that's the same no matter who you are. It's, it's just based on the quantity and what the design features are. So that's mm -hmm. easy to can and just have something that I can easily respond back to with a copy and paste. And then from there, I usually tell people, um, I prioritize artwork based on when you're ready to, to move forward with an order. I do all of the artwork for all the designs that you see. So when you're ready to move forward, send me another email that says ready in the subject line. And then any artwork that you have that you want me to work with. And then I'll take that idea. Uh, and usually within a day or two, I have artwork done to send back once you approve final artwork, it's about 30 days for a single plated order or about 45 days for a dual plated order. And the dual plated yep. coins, literally, if you look at the videos on TikTok, they'll mm. they take them and they literally wrap them up in like wires, right? So each coin is hanging from like a cluster, like a banana cluster full of coins, right? And they take wow. that and they dip it into the plating 
and they'll dip it a couple times. And then depending on what the plating is, they either let them sit there, electroplating them. So they're letting them sit there. Um, but if you're dual plating a coin and there's gold and silver on it, they'll make them all gold, pull them all out, take them all out of the frames, right? Take a pen that looks like a Sharpie and they'll color over everything that's supposed to stay gold, right? Mm -hmm. So it, it neatly to the edge, around the edge of everything so it doesn't, doesn't look shitty. And right. then they put them all back in the in the frame in the coin banana bunch kind of, and then dip them in the silver, and then pull them out, and then take that plating off. And that's just that's just to plate the coins. Now they're gonna lay them all out in front of them and start filling up syringes with enamel and start putting the tips of syringes in there, filling all the colors on one side and get that mm -hmm. done. Flip it over, do the other side. Then they polish them to get all the paint off of you know the race surfaces. Anything on a coin, if you think of it like a coloring book. Anything that's going to be colored is going to be recessed with a raised wall around it because it's a liquid enamel paint that we're using. Um, yep. Epoxy is that thin clear coating that you can put over a coin. I like epoxy uh, if there's not a lot of 3D detail because it just, it almost gives like a slight magnification property on the 3D detail that's under it. Um, mm -hmm. But if you have a lot of 3D in the coin, I don't like the epoxy because I want to be able to tact tactily with my fingers feel that 3D and play with it with my hand and roll it around my hand, you know, and feel that coin, you know, the, the 3D detail on it with yeah. your fingers. And you can't really do that with the, the, the enamel. I mean, you can do an extent like the 911 coin. I can feel the wall of the Pentagon with my thumb. Um, mm -hmm. But the twin tower side is pretty, pretty smooth um, yeah. compared to like a, a hard enamel coin. A hard enamel coin is also smooth, but it's because they fill up the, paint up flush with the surface and then they literally put the coin on like a block of wood that holds it and then they sand the raised surface to get the paint off of the raised surface and that, that's why it leaves them perfectly smooth to the touch uh, and there's never any 3D detail or very minor 3D detail on a hard enamel coin because of that the 3D detail you wouldn't be able to to get that smooth finish on the paint um, if you did that wow man that's, that's, an interesting that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot of different different angles of approach there. That's a lot of different types of work going into all the different custom orders that people want to put in. Mm -hmm. Damn. And this, but on a positive point, you know, once the artwork's done, my job's pretty much done until the coins are done, right? I quality control yeah. them, and then I, I basically I get, I might get six or seven orders in it at one time. Um, from a production standpoint, I have anywhere from 10 to 30 orders at any given time in production at whatever levels from artwork started to coins being packaged, ready to ship. Um, but yeah, just. Wow, man. I'm a busy dude, man. So yeah, that's no I was going to say, Rook, with, with, I mean, this is a good chance to segue into your, your famous question because like it takes a lot of like, personal perseverance energy to be an entrepreneur at any level but to turn it into what you have it, it takes something else and i think rook this question will be very fitting for that because like i, I what you're doing like i don't i i'm i'm i don't have that energy to do that uh, and it may be because of the phase of life that i'm in but like the, the thought of like you can go through all those processes and have 10 to 30 orders like at any given time and just like be able to mentally process that is amazing to somebody like me who's like okay one at a time 
Okay, bite the cookie, eat the cookie. I'm organized in the sense that I have a spreadsheet that tracks everything and it's all color coded. So it's visually easy to track. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I, I have start dates and when it was put into production. So I know ballpark of where it should be. Um, but like, I also, I feel emails throughout the week too of people just sending general questions like, hey, how are my coins doing? Well, again, once I put them in production, I don't know until I get it. Maybe I might get a video from the factory of yours in a certain step of the process, but until they actually ship and this one's done, I don't know, you know, when they're coming. Man. But reorders are easy too. It's as easy just send a message to the factory and duplicate what we've already done. The dies are already made, so. But even like, but like, I don't know, like you say, even though you say like you don't know when they'll be there and I, I only said nice because it's like it's like there's like an unpredictability to it but it's almost like you you still have even though it's unpredictable in that return aspect it still feels like you really have your finger on the pulse with it and really kind of understand the ebb and flow of how it goes with process orders like this and which comes with experience and that's cool man because to somebody like me that's debilitatingly scary <laughs> Yeah, it's, I mean, just every, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, uh, like, like Drew said, I'm a one thing at a time kind of guy. And then, you know, you have all these things going on at once and then you're, and you're successful in all of it and you're staying on top of all of it. And, and just yeah. the, like you, like you, you said, yeah, well, you know, you're, you got the, <laughs> you got the sticks and you're, and you're all, you're balancing all of them. And it's just, it's insane to see it, man. But in, in fairness, though, again, a lot of that is just, you know, is, is, the great and powerful eyes that you see in front of, you know, you don't see the, the behind the scenes that where yeah. my desk, when I, when I became more efficient and moved from my dining room to my living room with an actual desk, I bought a, a nice chair that's comfortable on my desk. I have a desktop computer, which sits beside my desk with a big ass monitor on it that I use for my gray water stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. And then sitting on in front of me uh, is my wireless um, mouse and, and keyboard, right? But my keyboard rests up against the laptop of my Cumulus laptop, which sits right to the left of, of my other one. So I can simultaneously have four or five, six windows open on my big computer and be doing things on Cumulus too. So if something pops in, it's easy enough that I can answer an email right away. Or if I get frustrated with something or I'm not, I'm waiting on something from a client for Cumulus, I can take 15 minutes and go work on a piece of coin art for 10, 15 minutes, you know, to get that done and off the, the plate. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of juggling and it, it, it's, it's, all, it's, it's not easy by, by any means, but you know, it, it's something that I get up and, you know, do every day and try to get to that point where, Impressive. you know, and, and do I, I'm self-employed too. So I I'm 53 now. So I start worrying about retirement, you know, how much yeah. Yeah. money, which again, with cumulus, that's helping there because I have a 401k through there. Uh, but again, I, I'm more of a entrepreneur work for myself kind of guy than work for somebody else. Um, yeah. <laughs> when I came, when I came back into radio, I was running the running Greywater, and I told him flat out, I said, look, I I'm one of the owners of this company. I handled everything for the company. I'm not going to stop doing that. And I managed a comedy club on the weekends, which, Time-wise, that takes me Friday and Saturday night physically from about six o'clock when I leave the house until I get home at 10.30 or midnight, depending if there's one or two shows. 
That's um, not bad, man. And then some post, you know, some Facebook posts that I do or email mm-hmm. blasts that I do through Eventbrite to our ticket database or, you know, stuff like that for who's coming up each week. But other than that, I'm only physically there Friday and Saturday night. Um, and it's really just my time is really between media consulting during the day and help or um, designing coins and just, you know, hoping for that next big order, that next big Anheuser-Busch order of 350,000 coins or, yeah. I mean, we're, we're small compared to um, some of the other coin companies that are, ha- you know, doing contract. Oh, are they losing? I think we lost them. Keith? Oh, I lost you for a second. Yeah, there, gotcha. you there you go. Uh, we tried doing, when we were doing screen printing also, we tried to be a one-stop shop for deployment uh, merchandise, right? Coins, patches, uh, t-shirts. And we were doing coins for like the Central Pennsylvania Blood Bank. And we were doing 25 or 30 shirt, 30,000 shirts a year. But the margin was so low on, like we're making like a nickel per shirt, you know, and it's a lot of work and it's it's not like I'm an artist, but I can't, because I'm an artist doesn't mean I can take color separations and do color separations for t-shirts and, you know, not like really an easy learn thing. And, um, we did that for a couple of years and one month, my business and I partner and I were literally writing checks out of our accounts to cover payroll. I'm like, why are we doing this? We're beating ourselves up over this. Um, it's, you know, all the money that's that's draining from the company is going out in this one category. Why are we doing it? And we we cut off that part, that limb, and went back to doing what we're good at: coins, patches, and lapel pins. I can work from home. We have no overhead. Like we had actual retail space location. We bought a bigger warehouse to expand, and it's like it was just such a grind. To you have employees that you know that are reliable, not reliable. If they mess up something, you're that's overrun stuff that you're buying to redo. You know, mm-hmm. you guys have a 25,000 shirt order and you're making a nickel per shirt that that's, you're losing money if you have to reprint stuff, you know, and yep. it's just, it's just that part didn't make sense. So we stopped doing it. And, um, yeah, I, I mean, we're, we're, we're le- way leaner now. Now we're not making as much overall as a company because we're just doing coins, patches, and lapel pins, but we have zero overhead. You know, I yeah. work from my home, um, we pay our factory monthly and our, you know, there's not, we're not carrying debt for anything. Mm-hmm. Which is a, a huge weight off your shoulders. Jesus. Yeah. Yep. So again, I just, I stay positive. I look at every coin order that we do. That's a, a potential easy reorder down the road at some point. Like I have customers that have been order, ordering coins for me every year or two since 2012, you know, wow. and they get the same coin because they like their coin. They like giving out their coins. Yep. Um, but yeah. And, and it, just from a numbers game, the more, the more people we get in front of, the more orders we do. We just started doing a bunch for Pennsylvania state police. We did one for troop J in Lancaster. We've done one for um, vehicle. What is it? Vehicle fraud investigation unit. We're doing one for Philly. Uh, we're doing a retired PSP trooper coin right now. Um, we just, des- I just designed a ATF coin for, you said you're uh, near Nashville. It's the ATF at Nashville office. And one side of the coin has, uh, what's the, the white flag with the X? Is that Kentucky's flag? White, that's Florida. Miss- white. The red X, white flag, red, red uh, across the St. George. Yeah, but I'm thinking something that's, cl- it's closer to Tennessee. Hmm. 
Because well, the yeah, because well, the Nashville oh. front office is ten is Nashville and maybe Mississippi, Mississippi or, or somewhere in Mississippi, probably. Yeah, probably Mississippi. Yeah, that coin on design, and there's a so the the coin's kind of split with half of it being the Kentucky or whatever flag, and the other half is the Tennessee flag, mm-hmm. and then on the Tennessee side, I put a Gibson guitar halfway, and on oh, it's uh, where the uh, it's the space the the space center. It's um, Alabama. Savannah. Is that what it is? Yeah, the, the Saturn V rocket. Wherever the Saturn V rocket's home is. That that's on the other side of the on that coin. Okay. Dude, that Gibson shop. Rook, do you remember going to the mall in uh, the the Opryland Mall in that beautiful Gibson shop they would have in there where you could just watch him hand carve guitars? Yeah. These beautiful Gibsons. Oh my god. Yeah, that I'll never be able to afford. <laughs> the shop's not there anymore. They can't even afford it anymore. The shop's not there anymore. Oh, man. Just don't look at it as a total price. Look at it as in payments. Like, how many payments would it take? And, and <laughs> look at it that way. Yeah, Everything's just, obtainable. Elephant, right? One bite at a time. That's right, man. That's right, yeah. And Gibson's not that far off. It's closer than you think. I promise yeah. you. Just, all, it, all it takes is a couple of ramen packs for, for uh, dinner you know, a couple nights a week, and I'm good to go. You know what I mean? Easy, okay. easy. I guess easy. enjoy that Gibson for a week until the inevitable stomach cancer from the ramen just destroys me. <laughs> I think uh, it's the dehydrated corn and peas in those that I like. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a delicacy, man. What do you yeah. think? Like, yeah. styrofoam peas. Fiber, the whole basis of them. <laughs> the noodles aren't shit. It's that it's the little pieces of things that float in it. <laughs> yeah whatever they are yeah exactly yeah like an mre there's never a bad mre it's just how you're going to eat it <laughs> yeah I what you're going to mix up and make they didn't tell you the the you can make between your mre and everybody else's mre the country yeah. captain chicken is a suppository <laughs> <laughs> oh man <laughs> i remember one of the coldest nights was it was training that we were doing desert warfare training in nevada mm-hmm. and it was i had like every piece of cold weather gear that i had on i had my chem suit on i had my lobster gloves on and i'm sitting there burning those little sugar looking heat tabs right in a, yeah. in a defensive fighting position that we dug that um <laughs> the instructor was funny he was just it was like a go no go right so yeah. he comes over and we had like a like it was cool the way we had a, it was a freaking hole in the desert but it was pretty cool though we had it and he comes over he's like that's a fucking go <laughs> yeah it was so cold that night it was you know they're running through the wadi shooting at us throwing chem gas and i just froze my ass off that night worst cold I, night ever when you mentioned that earlier man that reminded me of my like the coldest night i ever had <laughs> was when we rook when we were flying back from baghdad and we when we were all we got off the um remember the when we were flying out from the tarmac at rustamaya and um it was just so cold and like it was like freezing and then we landed at biop and um Everybody got to go inside except for Williams, Della Rosa, Wimberly, and me because of our last name. I don't know why Rosa was out there. So everyone got to go inside and get warm. And we were last on the manifest. We had to sleep outside that night. And it it was like 80-something degrees, and I've never been colder. 
I was freezing because it was like 130 that day. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah. 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 Nevada, like it, it was like 95 yep. during the day, but dropped to like 40 at night. And it just felt, it felt like it was, it was terrible. Um, mm -hmm. We went, I don't know if I was going, I don't remember if we were going to Panama or to Honduras, which deployment it was, but um, we took um, trucks from the 193rd and drove down to a naval station somewhere, got on a C5 and, and went wherever. Um, but the, the flight didn't leave till like four in the morning, right? So they put us up in quarters and they're like, okay, well, you know, wake everybody up, everybody get up. So we wake up, it's pouring out, right? We all come out, we get on a bus, uh, and we drive the bus out to the tarmac and we're sitting on the tarmac waiting to, to board the aircraft, right? And there were army guys that were going with us and we're in the, it's pouring down raining. We get out to the tarmac, army's fucking standing in formation in the tarmac in the rain. And our major that was with us pulls up to the sergeant major that was there. He's like, hey, sergeant major, we have plenty of room on the bus. Bring your guys in the bus. He's like, oh, we're good, sir. We'll nah. stand out here. And like, they stood out there for like another 35 minutes. It was insane. And we're, oh. I mean, you feel like shit because you're sitting in the bus dry and you're just watching these guys literally just stand there hating life, you know? No, yeah, absolutely no control. For no reason, life. no reason. Just <laughs> other than, you know, this is how we do it. This is, you know. Hey, man. You know, I, got, man. <laughs> I got into that with my wife. We went on vacation <laughs> last week. And I, I, and that mentality almost kind of, it, it got my wife and I into a, a small argument because okay. it was like, we were wiped out from the day before and we were supposed to go take the kids to go do mm -hmm. something. And it was like 90 something degrees. And she's like, you're an idiot. If you're just wanting to plow through this, to do this, because we're said, we're going to do it. And, and that was the only reason I was going to do it. It was going to be miserable. And I knew it ahead of time, but it was like, no, we said we're going to do it. So we're going to do it. And eventually yep. she's like, no, you're an idiot. We're not doing that. And, was, and after some arguing, I was like, okay, maybe you're right. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I don't have to be a hard-headed dick. Like, I, I do find, I, I, well, at least my mind thinks that, I, that I'm objective like this, but I try to think that I'm, I'm more, I, here's my philosophy that I've learned in 53 years. There's two kinds of people in life. You can be the kind of person that goes through life taking shit off of other people's plates and helping them in whatever whatever manner. I'm not saying you have to go out and you know donate to every charity that's asking you for money or go and support, you know, but just do something to help, just help. And then there's people that just go around and all they do is pile shit on other people's plates. You know, they don't, they hate seeing people have success so they want to tear them down. And I, not that I'm a, a Britney Spears fan, but I mean, she's a great example of somebody that a society literally build up and then mm -hmm. pour down just to watch her crash, you know? And then all yeah. just, just crazy stuff, you know? Yeah, no, that's that's a true story, man. It's, it's amazing. It's, uh, you know, it, it really is one or the other. And it seems like it just comes to, it comes with success. You know, you're gonna have the people are there that are gonna try to help in your mission and try to help you, help you be more successful. Or you're gonna have the people that for some reason, just will be absolutely jealous or just they don't want to see you successful and they will do everything they can to try to bring you down and yeah. uh the energy they really? spent to do that as well <laughs> i have a, a friend that i grew up with when i was a was a child his dad was a state representative and every year at christmas like he'd go out and he this is like i'm talking like in the 70s you know um and he would literally go out and buy hams and have hams delivered to people's homes 
for Christmas that for people that didn't have money, and he never, he, they never knew where they were coming from. Like, uh, we, we knew because we were on the, they're involved with it, but people would, yeah, they would never, and this is what I went for like 10 years. Hams would show up for people's, people's houses that, that didn't have the money for them, and it was this one guy that wanted to just do something nice and didn't want recognition for it, you know?